0: Okay. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to your second uh, nutrition talk. This is our week two nutrition talk. And tonight we're going to be talking about gut health, digestive stress, and anti-inflammatory eating um, and the connection between those things. So uh, what we're going to do is I have about five minutes added to the, or not added, but I have a, allowed about five minutes at the end. So um, I was told some people might have some just general questions about the challenge, tracking, nutrition stuff. So um, we'll go ahead and make sure we have time for that at the end, um, or any questions from last night, or of course, anything from tonight. So, oops, I got one more here. I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen and find our little presentation for the night. Okay. Got some people still rolling in here. Okay, guys. So, Diving into digestive health. Like I said, tonight we're going to be talking about digestive health, um, gut health, and anti-inflammatory eating. So why is digestive health so important? If everyone can just uh, make sure they're muted. I should have done that. I'm sorry. Um, Why is digestive health so important? So food is the way that our body receives its nutrients to function properly. This is going to make us more productive, more creative, give us more energy and improve our mood. A healthy digestive system is breaking down our food into nutrients that can be absorbed and used by the body. This is going to help with our muscle growth, with our cellular repair, and of course, with our energy. So why is the gut the root of your health? So a lot of health issues actually start in the gut. I don't know that a lot of people know that. Um, I didn't know that uh, (laughs) for quite a long time, Um, but your lack of proper nutrient absorption can lead to things like irritable bowel syndrome, leaky gut syndrome, and can cause an imbalance in our GI, our gastrointestinal tract. Um, And these can be the root of autoimmune diseases where our body attacks healthy cells, can be the root of allergies, constipation, arthritis, depression, uh, skin problems, and food intolerances. And uh, just a little personal story here, earlier this year, out of nowhere, um, I started having some really major skin issues, which I had never had in my life. And I had what was called peri- what is called perioral dermatitis, which they usually suggest like six weeks of antibiotics, which I refused because I knew it would destroy my gut. Um, and then this crazy rash that was all over my neck and chest for like over two months and no one could really figure out why this was happening. And I started working with a naturopath and we were really focusing a lot on my gut health and my digestive health. So I've been on this journey myself for the last, uh, really most of this year. Um, and so today I will be sharing some of that with you guys as well. So hopefully if you're having any issues, um, you'll get some relief. So uh leaky gut, sorry, we'll go back real quick. Leaky gut, we're gonna just jump into this a little tiny bit more. Um so this is really fun, sexy stuff. Um, this is the quality of your intestinal lining. So this is directly connected to your autoimmune diseases, celiac disease, Crohn's disease, colitis, IBS. And ideally you want that intestinal lining to be really tight so those nutrients can be absorbed into your bloodstream. If you have an unhealthy lining, meaning you have cracks or holes in it, that's going to allow toxins, partially digested food, um, bacteria, and, and parasites to penetrate that, leaving it susceptible to inflammation, which then can trigger an autoimmune disease response. So again, just really important to take care of your gut health. So what is inflammation and why are we so anti? Uh, So we did talk about this a little bit last night, we're gonna go in a little more depth today because this is really important. And um, so inflammation is the body's defense mechanism to anything that takes it out of homeostasis or balance. So this can present as redness or swelling. The body can inflame both internally and externally when it's under stress. And this can be injury or disease or um, certain medications or food or allergies. Um, lots of different things can trigger an inflammation an inflammatory response. So that inflammatory response manifests in a number of different ways. How can we reduce inflammation? So the number one way to reduce inflammation is through your diet, all right? And we are going to talk more in depth about that. There are also a number of supplements you can eat that are very anti-inflammatory. And there are some lifestyle and stress management practices um, that you can use to help reduce uh, your stress, your mental stress specifically. Anti-inflammatory eating. So certain foods increase inflammation and these should be avoided or eaten as less frequently as possible. Um, as little as possible. So some of these foods are processed and fried foods, refined sugars, and some carbohydrates with gluten like sweets and white bread and pasta, soda, alcohol, and red meat. So you might notice that if you ingest a lot of those, you don't feel so great. Well, your body is fighting back. There are certain, certain foods that decrease inflammation and should be eaten as much as possible. So these are also foods that are going to help balance your blood sugar and prevent any insulin uh, spikes, which can stress the body, which of course causes inflammation. Um, So really important to have food that's keeping your insulin level balanced throughout the day. And then you're also going to be maintaining your energy throughout the day. Some of the most potent anti-inflammatory foods are berries that are high in antioxidants like blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries fatty fish such as salmon, mackerel, and sardines, cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, and kale. And then we have avocados, grapes. Green tea is a really potent antioxidant. We were talking about that a little bit yesterday in terms of caffeine intake. Um, and that's why I suggested having that in the afternoon. Green tea is gives you that boost of caffeine, but it also is like really, really great for your body. Olive oil, dark chocolate, you wanna make sure it's 72% cacao or higher, and turmeric, which we're gonna talk about in a moment. So uh, intermittent fasting, I know that Derek has spoken about this and perhaps some of you guys are actually practicing this right now. Um, This has become something that's been more popular in recent years. Um, When I talk to my clients about intermittent fasting, Instead of focusing on any kind of a weight loss element of it, which can certainly happen, I like to really hone in on the fact that it decreases inflammation in your body and it improves your digestion. For me, those are the two most important reasons to try intermittent fasting, uh, especially because if you're doing it for weight loss, sometimes people have a hard time coming out of their fast and they can overeat or eat the wrong things. The studies have shown that anywhere between like a 12 to 13 hour intermittent fast is really all you need for the the effects of the anti-inflammatory and the better digestion. Um, Personally, I I tend to do about a 12 to 14 hour one um, and I've been doing that for years. It just really helps my digestion. It's not for everyone. Uh, Certainly you wanna talk to your doctor or if you have any like blood sugar issues, Uh, diabetes, you definitely want to either avoid it or talk to your doctor about it. But if you are interested, what I suggest to my clients is start with the 12 hour. It's easy enough. You might already be doing it. It's like, stop eating at 8 PM, have breakfast at 8 AM, right? 12 hours, no big deal. Um, It's fairly natural, but it's allowing your body to process the food that it's had that day, rest that digestive system, and then it's ready to go. Some people do much longer, they'll do 24 hour fasts. I saw Derek was leading one of those. Um, there are a variety of them, but if you're curious about it, start start small, start with 12 hours. All right, so real quickly, um, supplements and lifestyle for anti-inflammatory um, practices, herbs and spices. There are a lot of herbs and spices that can reduce inflammation in your body. So cooking with these, throwing them into your meals uh, can be really beneficial. Some of the most potent ones are cinnamon, garlic, rosemary, ginger, cayenne pepper, and turmeric. We were talking about turmeric before. So turmeric is a natural anti-inflammatory supplement and specifically the curcumin property in turmeric It's very popular and it's very effective. Um, So to get the full benefit of the turmeric, you wanna consume it with black pepper. There is a uh, compound called pepperine that is in black pepper. And so when you combine that with turmeric, you're getting the most effective um, anti-inflammatory results from that turmeric. CBD, I'm not gonna go too deep into CBD. This is another thing it's become Quite popular Um, recently. There are a lot of studies showing that CBD can be very anti-inflammatory. It's shown to reduce um, size of tumors in some cancer patients. Um, It's a very saturated market. It can be hard to know how high quality you're getting of a product. Well, that could be just a balm you're putting on your muscles to relax them. There are also tinctures and all kinds of things. Uh, so if you are interested in CBD, make sure you're getting something that's very high quality, not just kind of a placebo effect. Um, and then stress reducing practices. So stress, mental stress is one of the main causes of inflammation in our bodies. We've talked about this a bit yesterday. Um, so this can also be a really difficult thing to manage in our lives, right? Balancing all of the things between work, family, personal life, and then of course, trying to create some time for yourself. This can lead to anxiety, insomnia, depression against, uh, amongst many other things. Uh, So some stress reducing practices, meditation or breathing techniques. Um, I know Francisco is going over some of these with you guys. So that's fantastic. Even just taking a couple breaths, something really simple can calm that central nervous system. Um, If you're feeling stress, panic, anxiety coming on, just literally taking you know, 20, 30 seconds and just trying to ground yourself. Um, a lot of people find yoga to be very relaxing. Visualization techniques. Another one, we I, re- I was really pounding into you guys last night. Sleep, 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 sleep. Try to get that sleep. Sleep is when your body is recovering. Not everyone needs the same amount of sleep per night, um, but everyone needs some sleep <laughs> per night. Most people need between seven and eight hours, nearing towards the eight hours. Um, We are all different, but sleep will make your life a thousand times better. And of course, exercise, trying to get your four to five days of exercise uh, in per week. All right, so foods that promote healthy digestion. You're going to see a lot of overlap here from the anti-inflammatory foods shocking, I am sure. So first we have our whole grains. So the whole grains have fiber in them. Fiber is going to make your GI tract happy and healthy. So we're talking about oats, quinoa, farro, um, products made from whole wheat if you are gluten tolerant. Um, Again, like we were talking about last night, the less process, the better. So the closer to that whole grain, um, as you can get is going to be the easiest for your body to process lower fructose fruits. So again, like in the anti-inflammatory berries are a great one, um, as well as melons, citrus fruits, like oranges and grapefruit. Um, and then, pa- excuse me, papaya <laughs> papaya is a fun one because it has a naturally occurring digestive enzyme within it called papain. And this helps you to digest protein. So um, having a couple slices of papaya can be really great for your digestion. They also sell um, digestive enzymes that are like basically capsules of papaya, which may or may not work. (laughs) You never know with with supplements. Uh, Leafy greens and cruciferous vegetables. Again, we're seeing this from the last list. So spinach, kale, uh, chard, Collard greens, all those nice dark leafy greens, and then the cruciferous vegetables, all those cabbagey vegetables like Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and broccoli, um, and beets are also a great, uh, great one for your digestive health. Lots of fiber there, lots of nutrients. Fermented foods. So fermented foods are an excellent source of probiotics. Probiotics, that's another term that we've been hearing over and over and over again. You see it, they're being marketed like crazy. It's always best to get your supplements through your food. So, eating foods that have naturally occurring probiotics in them, having little bits through, you know, in in each of your meals, is going to be the best way to get those probiotics into your diet. That's going to improve your digestive health and your bowel function. So, these are foods like sauerkraut, kimchi tempeh, that's a fermented tofu, Um, miso, yogurt, um, kefir, kombucha. We see a lot of kombucha. If you're going for kombucha, check the sugar content. They tend to be really high in sugar. There are a few brands that are lower, um, but it should be really simple ingredients on the kombucha. There's just so much on the market these days. Uh lean proteins, again, we're seeing those omega-3s that we saw for the um anti-inflammatory. So this is uh your your salmon, mackerel, pro- uh, mackerel sardines, those three are really high in your omegas. Um oma- chia seeds also have a lot of omega-3s. That's also um you can do like a chia pudding, that's really good for you as well for the digestive health um and lots and lots of water i also like to encourage people having like a ginger or peppermint tea at the end of your meal that's always a great way to get make sure that you're kind of soothing your stomach and getting that digestive process going Um, and of course water is going to be helping to like push everything through your gi tract. so really important to make sure we're getting that hydration but you guys know that already Alright, so here are some tips to soothe your digestion and this is something that if you're kind of taking something away from tonight, it might be this slide for you to just kind of take some notes on and go alright. Um, as we go through, particularly through the holidays, a lot of people have concerns about um, the amount of food that is kind of pushed in our face also it's different food than we're used to it tends to be heavier. Uh, so having these kind of in, in your back pocket, um, might help you to get through the next few weeks here. So, although this first one would be difficult to do, but, um, so again, this is a lot of stuff that I kind of went through this year personally, and it really did help me a ton, um, elimination diet. So these are always fun. Uh, the two main, I don't know if you call them food groups, but things that can really, Um, upset your digestion are one gluten and two dairy so you might consider taking out both gluten and dairy for like two weeks and then at the end of those two weeks just put in one of those things like a little bit maybe you try some greek yogurt and then you want to wait up to 72 hours to see if you have any sort of a reaction to it and if you don't then it probably wasn't that Maybe you have a little more Greek yogurt. Maybe you try a different kind of dairy, maybe some, I don't know, milk or cheese, just a little bit. See how you respond to that. What you don't wanna do is add back the gluten and the dairy at the same time because then you're back to square one, not knowing what's triggering you. Um, If you're doing the gluten way, you know, maybe you have a piece of whole grain toast or something like that. See how that affects you after 48 to 72 hours, if it's all good. Then it may not be gluten that's triggering you, um, and sometimes it's just, you know, an overload of of all the things. Uh, next is limiting your raw veggies after lunch. So raw veggies, great for you, tons of nutrients, tons of fiber. Um, sometimes too much fiber, and that can be really tough on the digestive system. So I love a good salad. Um, what I try to do is. I'm going to have a salad, I'll have it for lunch. And then for dinner, I will cook my veggies. Yes, it is um, depleting some of the nutritional value, some of the nutrients, some of the fiber, but that's, what's making it easier to digest. And if you're steaming it, you should still be retaining a lot of that. Uh, So yeah, just like a little, little pro tip, if your tummy is hurting, especially in like kind of that afternoon to evening, because when you're after dinner, most people aren't very physically active, so you're just kind of sitting there. So you're not your body isn't digesting as much. So eating foods that are going to be easier for it to digest is going to be make your stomach happier. Um, this next one was this was like sort of a ridiculous r- revelation for me this year. Um, slowing down and chewing my food. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, so I, I'm someone who tends to get really like not eat and get really hungry and then just shovel food into my mouth and into my digestive system. And no wonder I was having stomach aches and bloating and gas and all that fun stuff. So I decided to make a really conscious effort to slow down, take my time, chew each bite, really get your, you know, by chewing it, you're breaking down a lot of that food and also if you think about it, your stomach's empty, say it's been a number of hours since you last ate, your stomach's empty. And instead of just giving it like a little bit of food and going, hey, all right, I'm eating now. So get ready to digest. You're just just putting, just, just shoveling food down into it. Like, of course that's gonna be hard for it to process. So that's why we've all been told to chew our food, probably our whole lives. Um, that's why, <laughs> and it helps a lot, I promise. So this next one, this is one that my uh, naturopath was uh, turned me on to. I'd used apple cider vinegar in the past, but I wasn't really, I don't know, she, she kind of explained why it works. So she suggests to have a half an ounce of apple cider vinegar diluted in water, um, otherwise it can kind of burn your esophagus, um, 20 minutes before you have your meal. That's going to start the digestive enzymes going in your stomach and in your mouth. Um, So, and if that is too potent for you, um, you can even just sniff it. So what you're looking for, you know, when you like taste something really bitter, you sniff something that's really sour, you find that puckering like in your cheeks, that's salivating that starts to happen. Well, that's what we're trying to get. That's your digestive system that's starting to kick in. So you wanna do that before you eat your food. And then by the time you start eating, your digestive system is starting to get revving up, getting ready to go. Um, It should help you digest your food. Probiotics, we've been talking about this a bit. So um, personally, I had never taken a probiotic before. There are about a million on the market. I wouldn't have even known where to start. Um, And again, my naturopath turned me on to one. I'm completely obsessed with it. I will suggest it to anyone who's interested. In fact, I'll probably put a picture of it uh, on the wall if you guys are interested. Again, you do not need to take a probiotic. The best way to get your probiotics is through your food. However, if you're having a lot of digestive issues um, or if you really just wanna kind of get yourself regular and take care of that gut, this was a great one. You take it every morning with your breakfast and I just completely swear by it now very high quality, which I love. All right, last slide and then we'll get to some questions. So the connection between your gut and your brain health and your mental health. So this is, uh, we're gonna be talking about the vagus nerve. All right, so the vagus nerve is the longest cranial nerve that runs between your brain stem to part of your colon. All right, this is part of your body's nervous system which controls your digestion. Your heart rate and blood pressure, your immune system response, your mood, your mucus and saliva production, your skin and muscle sensations, your speech, your taste, and your urine output. That's a lot of stuff, all right? And that's your brain to your gut. So the gut and the brain have a bi-directional relationship where they tell each other what they need to function optimally. Many of our neurotransmitters are in the brain. um, In the brain, are produced in the gut. All right. So many of our neurotransmitters that are in the brain are actually produced in your stomach, such as dopamine. All right. So dopamine is is a feel good one. That's pleasure, satisfaction, motivation, memory, mood, sleep, concentration. Also melatonin. We talked about this yesterday. This is regulating that um, sleep-awake cycle, and serotonin. That's that another feel-good one: mood, sleep, digestion, um, and those long-lasting feelings of happiness or well-being. Serotonin influences many of our regulatory functions, including our mood. And ninety percent, 9-0, percent of our serotonin is produced in the gut. So, a little food for thought there. Um, first of all, makes sense if we're why we can get emotional if we're very hungry. Um, and also, kind of looking at it the other way around, you know, a lot of people suffer from varying degrees of mental health um, issues. And I'm not going to pretend to be a psychiatrist here at all. Um, but by focusing on improving your gut health, you potentially could help yourself with some of these symptoms of depression, anxiety, and the such. So, uh, you know, something to, to think about and also just to kind of realize how interconnected our bodies really are. Um, and that's what I want you guys to take away from this. So here we are. Questions, comments, tips. Let's talk about it, guys. That was a lot of information. Hey, Allison. So you had talked about raw veggies and then I've heard this yeah. before that like you decrease the nutrition content by roasting them. How much? That's a great question. And I don't actually know the percentage, but I will tell you this, you're still retaining enough. And I would just, you know, you don't need to murder them. You know, they can, they can have a little bit of, <laughs> still have a little bit of, of texture in them. Um, and I would also suggest pairing it maybe with something steamed. So maybe it's like a roasted sweet potato with some steamed spinach, something like that, where you're getting a kind of a combination of the two. Got it. Anybody else? Does anybody have general questions um, about how this is going? Any tracking questions? Um, or anything about last night as well. I know we've, I've kind of been slamming you guys with information, especially back-to-back evenings, but uh, I am happy to see that you're here, (laughs) you're back. Allison, I was going to ask also, you talked about the digestive enzymes and the apple cider vinegar. Is that the same mechanism that like, you know, Michelle and I will be talking about what we want for dinner and I'll when she asks, I don't think I'm hungry. And then as soon as I started thinking about it, for some reason, about 10 minutes later, I'm starving. Isn't or I'm not hungry and I have one bite of something and then I'm ravenous. Yeah, well, I would say the one is more about the brain gut connection, right? Cause it has to do more with the hunger and, and all of that. And the other one is once you have a bite, that is your body. Yeah, the digestive ends. I'm going like, oh yeah, okay, I'm hungry, feed me. Got okay. it. It, it. And it like hunger headaches? is that a myth? Like no, no. It's like a migraine. If I, yeah. You
1: know, hunger for
0: sure. And that could be blood sugar dropping. It could also be hydration. Um, but certainly, yeah, no, that's again, like this is, that's that bi-directional relationship between our brain and our gut and they're working together. And, um, you know, we kind of have to listen yeah. to that because they're, <laughs> they know what they're doing, right. It's, it's just tuning into all of that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else? We got anyone with their video off? Have any questions? How can we boost serotonin production? Oh, that's a very good question. So you you can get serotonin production through, certainly through exercise and a lot of your feel-good activities, right? So things that bring you joy, um, also eating your nutrient-dense foods, that kind of thing. Um, so a lot of the things we talked about with stress reduction are going to be improving your serotonin, right? Um, and I'm going to look into that further and see if there's any more specifics and I'll let you know. All right, you guys, well, it's eight Oh one over here. Um, I don't want to take up anybody's uh, time. I'm going to be doing your coaching tomorrow. I'll be looking at your food tracking. Um, If you're having a hard time tracking your food or you're just feeling a lot of resistance around that, please feel free to reach out. Um, I was saying last night, sometimes the nutrition component can be really, really overwhelming. Um, And if you need to start somewhere a little smaller, let's focus on your sleep. Let's start to get some exercise. And then we can start to do some baby steps with the nutrition, but that's what we're here for. So please reach out if you're having uh, trouble with that. And I i know nutrition's hard. It just is. It's in your face multiple times a day making those choices. So I'm not here to judge you. We're just here to help. All right. Uh, so you guys will be hearing from me tomorrow. And thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks, Allison. Thank you. Thanks, Allison. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. You're very welcome.